What's your favourite TV star? My favourite TV star? Man. Man. Um, Doctor Who. What one? Peter Davison one. Welcome, my good friend Philip. I raise my glass to you. Nice to be here, and uh, I hope that drink isn't going to knock you out. <laughs> oh, well, we'll know if it does. Um, <laughs> the thing about the Who Valley podcast, we don't have any rules, so I'm not even going to introduce you. I, I, you might have noticed, I don't even say who I am. Okay, Phil, welcome. You're a doctor, man. What brought you to 2018? I mean, What's your background with the Doctor? There are three questions. So what's your earliest memory of the Doctor, man? Okay. Tell us about Phil. Okay, my earliest memory of the Doctor would have to be literally John Pertwee's second story uh, in 1970, The Solo, The Silurians. That's the most I remember. That's the one I, I remember watching from the, from the get-go and never stopped watching Doctor Who ever since. Does that mean you watched it and you were hooked? Yeah. I watched it from that day, that day on onwards, all the way up to present day, more or less. The only, the only other story I, episode I've ever missed in my, all the time that I watched Doctor Who is episode one of Deadly Assassin, because that, really? yeah, that was because I was a naughty boy one day and my mother forbade me from watching it just to punish me, so I missed out on episode one. Okay, well I have to ask, what did you do? I can't, you know, that was 1976, so I can't remember what it was. I can't remember what I did wrong then, but I know... I remember what happened in 1976. That's a that long, was you. That's a long, hot summer. <laughs> that was you. No wonder. <laughs> okay, so, so really, you, so... I do have, I do have, actually, there was, on one of your podcasts, your previous podcast, um, we've mentioned having, people having sort of like false images or memories. Mm. Yeah, My, yeah. My false memory of, of an episode is seeing a, seeing a clip of a Dalek gliding across a floor in an old house. And I put that down to being um, evil of the Daleks. Okay. And I think to myself, I can't possibly remember that because, okay, I was born in, what, 65? And evil of the Daleks was about, what, 67? And what, what were we talking? Is that, that's Troughton, isn't it? Yes. Does, so I, yeah, it's, it's I, difficult, isn't it? Yeah, I can't possibly know, unless I unless I was in a room when it was on, had a little tiny baby, and it and it seared itself into my memory. So, so okay, that's your earliest memory. What's your favourite? Who's your favourite now? I mean, you know, let's do this. Always, always stood for Patrick Charlton's Doctor. I mean, oh. I, it's only because I just liked the way he was. He came across harmless, but at the same time, he had steely resolve when he had to when he had to resolve something. He hid it behind a clownish exterior. Mm. And I, 
uh, in, in him. And I kind of like the stories that he that he played out in. I mean, my favourite childhood story would have to be The Abominable Snowman. It's not available. As that's in the Yeti. That's the one with all the monks in the um, in the um, sort of like Getson monastery in a monastery, and they and the, the Abominable Snowman. Are they Yeti? Yeah, the Yetis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeti. The first outing of the Yeti, when you, because you got, because you you got Web of Fear with them, mm. with unit and all that. Sure, yeah. Yeah. But yes, mm. Doctor, and I think my second favourite would have to be, I do like Peter Davidson's Doctor. Although people call him the wet, the wet Doctor, he did have good stories. Not nice. Yeah. Charlton, Peter Davidson, and maybe a smidgen, Colin Baker. I did like Colin Baker. Oh, really? Yes. See, I never liked, I never liked Colin. I've only, li- I've only come to like Colin because of Big oh, Finish. You know what? Yeah. I mean, just to, to understand, I mean, just to understand why people dislike Colin Baker on, on TV, as it was. Did he not just come across like a doctor, or too much, too far removed? For me. Okay, so what happened with me was because Davison was my man, and he still is, and always will be. Mm-hmm. And in Androzani, I knew that Davison was going to die, and obviously I didn't want him to die. So I, I was, th- and I didn't know that he was going to die in episode at the end of episode four. So, so you know, nineteen eighty three, I think, was it Androzani? Oh, so, thanks. yeah, okay. So I was young enough to know that enough but not not enough if you know what i mean yeah but i knew that davison was going to die and so i watched episode one and by the time we got to episode two i was like look i really don't want you to go but if you're going to go just do it so when it got to episode four that was an interesting time though because they, they never usually give you colin baker's first story at the end of someone um tenure as a doctor that they always held it over to the next season then you see the first the doctor's first story but they tacked it on to the end of um davidson's um season didn't they and they never done it before. Ah. first time so so maybe so sorry are you saying that um androzani was the first the first of um baker's season no no and um, um twin dilemma was tacked on to the end of um I see. Normally, and then that was it. Twin Dilemma, then it stopped. I just didn't like him. He, he wasn't playing it to be liked. And that was great. Retrospectively, I, I love it. I bumped into Colin Baker at Longleat once, um, years and years ago. Yes. And lit- I mean, when I say bumped into him, literally, was I was I was heading, he was heading out of some signing and I was heading towards it and literally bumped shoulders with him. And I was just like, I just... You know, I didn't want to, I didn't want to know, but I know now that he's a lovely man, and also I've listened to a lot of his. But he's he. Well, I think McGann is the best on Big Finished, and I think that um, Colin Baker is the second best. He's so good on audio. For me, that's the other way around. For me, I, I would say that Colin Baker is the best on audio, and then maybe Paul McGann is some is in that okay. ranking. That's fair enough. Yeah. Cool, man. <laughs> At the moment, I'm. I'm. St- let me ask you. What's your feelings about Whitaker? Because we should call them by their surname. We've always called them by their surname, but all of a sudden, because she's a woman, we've started calling her Jody. No, let's let's keep it let's keep it surname. Right. What's your um, feeling about Whitaker? I was very I had very high hopes and I wanted to support her. We all the, did. From the get go. I thought, you know what, first woman although I was totally annoyed by the fact they'd done it. Uh, because 
Right, initially you mean, or initially that they changed the uh, the gender of the Doctor because the Master, as played by all those wonderful blokes that have played him before, I adore him. Like Jake, the Master is my best villain in Doctor Who. I adore. Yeah. Once they changed the gender of the Master to Michelle Gomez, I went ballistic. I I'm still not happy with the master being female, even though I love Michelle Gomez. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm slightly getting used to her. And even um, um, the, the box set that we've got today with, um, what's her name, River Song, and she's, mm. she's facing off all those masters. I'm going to listen to those later. But anyway, going back to the thing. So when they changed the master, I was there, I was livid. I said, you've ruined what is my childhood of the master. because the, mm. I, She didn't even have a goatee. No. Exactly, no. And it was like, anybody, they could have made her into the Rani or, or another time. Exactly. Like, if she was the Rani, that would have been fucking brilliant. Thank you, Paul. Thank you. It would that, was, that was all it needed. It wouldn't, have, it wouldn't have had anything less. She would have just been a brilliant villain, mm -hmm. but she wouldn't have had to be this whole complicated, he is, she is. It's not being sexist to say that I think the master should be a man doctor should be a man i don't i think we could have like romana she's an amazing time lady time what? lord whatever you want, want to say she could we could have a, a series of romana as the relaxed series or whatever you want to call it i don't think we need to do that cross-gender thing i know the whole thing about it could be gay it could be black and everything yes i do agree you could be black and that would oh well it would only work if it was someone perfect for the role perhaps Perhaps someone like Idris Elba, or I don't know, Philip Archer, or but you know what I mean. Like it, it could only be black if it was the right person. And yeah. also, but to come full circle, I think the, the, to contradict myself in a way, the Doctor could only be female if it was the absolute perfect actor, actress, yeah. whatever. Um, That's exactly. And what I, I don't think I have to say this. People are probably going to try and kill me for this but i don't think jody is which is, i mean i i was so looking forward to her and i love her as an actor act do you do we say actor or actress is actress um like sexist now or you can now use it on both genders to be honest actor the word actor okay so she, she, she i love her she just didn't have the gravitas no nope, not at all and this is what let me down like, like i said earlier I was all for her, and I thought, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So I let her, I let all that, some of the episodes, as that episode played out, I thought, there's something missing from her. She's not got the oomph of a doctor that I'm expecting. And I'm, I kept thinking, is it because she's a woman and and it, and it's and it's not coming across well enough, or is it because she's an, or is it because of her acting and she's not? I, d I don't think. Sorry to interrupt. I don't think it was anything to do with the fact she was a woman. I think it was to do with the writing. <laughs> And I think she does have it in her. There was just something intangible that was missing. Yeah. So season season um, twelve, she could she could blow us all away, and we would be like, okay, great. She was just getting getting to grips with it. Yeah. I haven't I haven't lost hope in her. So the thing about it is, is that it's really difficult to say anything negative about Jodie because I was I was the pioneer for her for it actually Ed and actually even until halfway through I was I had this conversation with my sister earlier I was saying that I was actually I was lying to myself man saying that she's brilliant when actually I was thinking she hasn't quite got it come on come on Jodie next episode next next time you'll nail it and she's she, she, just so near yet just that little bit too far yeah 
she just didn't quite get there. So I don't know whether it's because of, because of that uh, new kind of Dalek in it. That particular episode, resolution of, of well, not resolution of Dalek, but resolution. I found that she just she just got there, just a tad got there in that particular story. I don't know whether it's because there was a Dalek in it and it and, it, and she bounced off the very uh, kind of a certain level. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this story was good itself, and, I, and that's what I'm that's what I'm praising rather than her. I don't know at the moment. But I've still, I've still got hope for her because I do still love her as the Doctor. Um, but she just hasn't quite. She's, she's always been ninety something percent. Whereas you look at, um, you look at, well, you look at any Doctor, and you know, you look at their first episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, pick, give me a Doctor. If I say Matt Smith, because I think that eleventh hour, everybody disses over eleventh hour, but I thought Matt Smith's first little foray as a Doctor, that that he nailed it. Straight, straight from the get-go in um, eleven hour for me. That was a doctor straight away. Me too. Me too. Yeah. So obviously we've we've all seen when they went out live. Like Eccleston for me, he was a doctor from Rose. Uh, uh, Tennant was the doctor from the Christmas Invasion. Matt Smith, eleventh hour. Capori, deep breath. By the end of it, I was I was totally down with him. So what happened with Jodie? I don't know. I think it it it's more or less down to the fact that. Mr. Chibnall wanted to make it more accessible to even younger viewers than what what, it, what we have now, and I right. think that's how why Jodie comes across as almost very um, CBBC-ish kind of doctor, and even in a dress sense rep- represents that. It's kind of it's kind of like a um, rainbow. Yeah, I think that's what they did, and I think they they realised that maybe it's a little bit too dumbed down. So, hope, like you said, hopefully season twelve they iron out, they iron out the kinks. And make her a bit more doctorish and a bit more. I want some darkness in her. I want some gravitas, man. I want some like I've had enough. I want I want her to be pissed off. I want someone to die. I want I don't care who it is. Yeah. Her companions. I mean, I'm not. I like them all, but one of them's got to go, and I think they should go in a really emotional way. Yeah. And I think that something like that needs to happen in episode one of the next of season twelve. Then I think. Whitaker needs to switch up and go right now. I'm fucked off. I'm not having this anymore. That's what I would do. What would you do? Do you have anything? I mean, I could ask you what would you do with season twelve. The premise of this podcast is we have a bit of preamble. Who are you? Who's your favourite? And all that. You know, it's, it's it's absolutely an open an open door policy. But to come up with new ideas. That's 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 why we're here. Okay. So this is why I'm. This is what I'm saying. I mean, if you've got, I mean, do you have any ideas for? I mean, have you written stories for the Doctor, or would you like to talk about what you would like season twelve to be? You tell me. Do you know what? I just want her to. This is what's been annoying me a lot with um, you, who Doctor. The, the the villains of the week, or the or the aliens, or the, the, the enemies, they never get a fair airtime because you've got too much of the um, of the suburban stuff going on. Mm. Up too much space, and then there's not enough time with the aliens or protagonists to shine. Chibnall did do that quite well with Resolution. The Dalek got a bit of got centre stage in that episode. Right. But so that's what I want. I want it to be a bit more more alien centric rather than human centric. You know what I'm saying? I, mean, I don't want to. I don't want to see every uh, every other backstory of the companions because we need to see it. Let's yeah. get action. Let's get on with the action. And go out there and do the, and fight the good fight. What would you do if you were Chris? What would I Chibber do? Chibbers. Well, 
What would I do? If, I mean, everybody says it's easy to do, but it's not, is it? Um, well, no, it's not. But then I, I, I write a lot. I've always written stories. Um, yes. That doesn't necessarily give me credibility. Mm. But one time um, I've written a novel and one t- um, halfway through my novel, I was drinking Bacardi and Coke. And I woke up the next morning and I was like, shit, I've killed all my characters. And I've literally killed all my characters. And that made me, and this novel is still a work in progress, it, it taught me something because I created an alternative universe uh, because I had, okay, they're all dead, but now I'm going to have to create another universe where they're still alive. Yeah. So anyway, I don't want to go off, like, I, don't, I wouldn't do a Moffat thing where, oh, they're dead. Oh, but they're alive in another universe. I wouldn't do that. But what I'm saying is I learned from that because it helped me to be, I mean, that's what made the novel what it is because I, I, I came up with this other un, this parallel universe. But anyway, part of that, forget everything I've just said, what I would do if I were if I were in Chibber's shoes, what I would do, episode one, I'd kill them all, mate, apart from Whittaker, apart from the Doctor. I would, maybe I'd keep Graham, but only because he's just so good. And that's not to say that I don't think that Ryan and Yaz are good, but you need to do something drastic. I would I would have a villain that is possibly, I, I, I pop, maybe I'd bring back a sea devil or, or something, or come up with something just disastrously sick, and I would have them suffering, and this is a children's programme, kids. So, that's, you know, that's you're on PG time. I want, I, I want to flip this whole... If I were Chibbers, I would flip this whole thing on its head. Right, by the end of episode one, Ryan's dead, Yaz is dead, <laughs> Graham, oh, is he alive? I don't know. The Doctor is in shit. I don't know how she's going to get out of this. Damn, let's let's go to the credits. That's how... That, and then we, we would be mourning Yaz and Ryan... And they would not come back apart from in the odd vision or dream or something like that. Okay. They would be dead, dead. And then we would be onto something. We'd be, we'd, we'd have, some, we'd have some emotion. We'd have some gravitas. And then the doctor would be really pissed off because he lost, he lost the fam. That's what we need. And that's one way that we can get series twelve on track. Mm-hmm. and sort it out none of this everyone being fine and fam and no monsters and all that bullshit let's break let's let's flip it on its edge let's just throw if i were playing monopoly now and doctor who was a monopoly board i'd throw it in the air and the, the doctor would land up omega might come along or a sea devil might be somewhere yeah. because you flip the board upside down do you know what i mean i'm just like thinking off the top of the dome but that's what kind of i need that kind of tragedy i need that kind of that has to be that catastrophic for me to make it proper to bring it back from that bland just bring back balau i want some companions die catastrophic whittaker is on her own mm-hmm. bang cliffhanger head in hands everyone's weeping right mm-hmm. police cars come Whitaker's left in space, like she was on the end of um, uh, Woman Who Fell to Earth. She's just yeah. done for, right? Episode two is the Doctor, but not the one you were expecting. So Paul McGann comes back. Wow. Okay. Right? Yeah. And you've got McGann is the Doctor. And he has an episode where he, McGann is fighting sea devils. Mm-hmm. Jodie is nowhere to be seen. She's not even mentioned. This is just McGann's episode with Sea Devils. 
The master appears at the end. Wow. Cliffhanger. Episode three. Jodie comes back. She is fucked up. She is not the Jodie we've seen before. She hasn't got a costume broken. And she's in a different universe to, to McGann. Episode four is a continuation of episode two with McGann. So the series is like this. You've got two doctors, right? You've got Jodie and you've got McGann. And they're going until episode like maybe six or seven. They're alternating episodes. And they're not necessarily that they, they are coinciding, but only by little hints and, you know, little sort of like uh, nuggets of, of stuff. Yeah. And then episode eight, they come together. All of this has happened. We've got some bad shit back. We've got all this new stuff. You've got to die. I've got to die. It's jumping off. And we know how McGann dies. Mm-hmm. But it can lead into that. And Jodie will die as well. And that's the end of it, uh, series 12. That would be my... That's how I'd do it. Because wow. that, that, that is edge of your seat stuff. And that, all I'm saying is, one series arc, Paul McGann would be up for it. Give him enough money. He's the best. He's the best, mate. He's so good. And give him, give, get that man on back on the screen. Yeah, it'll give the it'll give the fans a, a chance to see him uh, play the Doctor on screen, yeah. other than the movie. And it'll, it can always be set before um, Night of the Doctor, anyway. It's all going to be exactly. It would have to be. But this is what I'm talking about. You don't want to go like. Imagine that if something like that happened in episode one, everyone would be like, "WTF?" <laughs> Yep, yep. I mean, and the, another thing that I, I mean, look, um, with the Silurians, what did they do to them when they brought them back into New Who? They they human, they kind of humanized them. I didn't like that though. I don't I, think anyone I, liked that. And I don't want them to do that with. I don't want Chibnall to go down that road and, and reinvent classic monsters to the point where it's did just, it with the Sontarans as well made them friendly made yeah. them like part of the gang yeah. a Sontaran and a Silurian as a doctor's friend no stop yeah, exactly. it exactly exactly that's the past 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 and then throwing a lesbian hey everything's great yeah no. <laughs> I have to keep making this point. I'm not. I'm not homophobic. I'm not racist. I'm not anything. But we don't need. We don't have to have this crowbarred. No, you sex, don't. Whatever it might be. Uh, sorry, non. People will probably listen to this and think, "Oh, he's a bigoted bastard," or he's no. right, whatever. But it's just. It's just what the direction I want it to go, and not you know. Yeah. Like I say, I'll, I'll get hated upon, but I'm just expressing my views. Yeah, people have to remember that Classic Who never needed all that kind of PTism for it to work. So it never needed that. And now I just keep wondering, why do we need all this PCism now? Who, who are we trying to appease? People, are, people only, want to, only watch Doctor Who for the enjoyment of what's going on in the show. You don't need those, those kind of signpostings in every story or, or, or in every character. Like you just hmm. said, why do we need a lesbian um, situation? Why do we need a, 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 a dumbed-down suntar? And why do we need this, that, and the other? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, and it's not like it, we don't need them, so we shouldn't have them. If they're, It's okay to have them, but 
they seem to it seems to be like you know like don't get me wrong i love strax i think strax is funny but he's not you know he's not a it's not a sontaran like as we know them he's a one-off in a sense yeah so okay i'll I'll forgive strax yeah i just we're just trying to work out what we want what we want from doctor who um as of well a year later probably but um yeah that bit in the end of uh family of blood where the doctor's playing the fall when he presses all those buttons and he was like, I wouldn't have let me press all those buttons if I were you. That's so Troughton. It's like, I was playing the clown. I wouldn't have let me play the clown. You don't know what that, 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 that is Troughton. He was just like the fall and the clown because that was how he wanted the villain to see him. Yeah, thinking that they can get one over him. Exactly. But yeah. he had, because everyone thought that they had one up on him, he actually had 10 up on them exactly. because he's so far ahead. And that man, and everything about him, mate, uh, yeah, uh, just Troughton. With, with, with me, I, with the first five, I, I can't pick. And I have picked Pertwee. Pertwee is the one that I do fall to. But Troughton, you know, one day, if I'm watching Troughton all day long, he's my favourite. Yeah. So hats off to you, man. Hats off to Troughton. We'll be seeing you. It's peace out. This is, thanks, Phil, for coming on. You're welcome. And um, I'll bump your fist. Yeah. Peace out, dog. Cheers. Rastafari. <laughs> oh, love. Rastafari.
Don't have you For me there'll be nobody